Hello, and welcome to another Christian Faith Radio Hour shortcast. This is David Canfield, and I'm recording this on Monday, June 19th, 2023. And this is the first time in a while I've done any kind of podcast, which you'll know if you've been following the program, uh, and if you are on my mailing list, or if you visit the website, thechristianfaith.org, you would have a pretty good idea of why that is. Namely, I've been very much occupied with putting out a new version of the New Testament. Uh, That's a big project I've been working on now for about three years, and I'm hoping to wrap that up this week and probably get it out next week. And I'll add some links below to information about that. It's going to be called the Standard Version of the New Testament. So the website is thestandardversion.org if you'd like to find out more about it. And I'll also link to a brief introductory video that I've prepared about that. And, of course, that's just taken a a very big amount of time, so I haven't had a chance to put out any podcasts. But I did want to put out at least a shortcast because it has been such a while, and I want to keep some consistency in, uh, in this aspect of what I'm doing as well. And in the previous two podcasts, I got into the matter of the Antichrist in Daniel 7, and in particular how he will be one who will seek to change the laws. And, of course, very much of that had to do with a book that I've put out on this topic. It's called Lawlessness, the Left, and the Antichrist. And you can listen to those. uh, I'll, I'll link to those in the program notes below. So I don't want to go back over that ground here. But one point I did mention in that podcast, those podcasts, is that we should not assume that lawlessness is going to triumph in America. And if you know anything about the political situation, the cultural, social situation in this country today, it looks very bleak in that regard. Everything around us is crumbling. And uh, the psalmist said, as I mentioned in the previous podcasts, my eyes shed streams of tears because they do not keep your law. And it's really so. Everything is just crumbling around us. And yet, it does not necessarily mean that lawlessness will triumph. Now, some people, and the reason why I mention that, is because some people feel that since the Antichrist is going to rule over the whole earth, that means lawlessness has to triumph in America. But that's not necessarily the case. And as I mentioned in those podcasts, there's a verse in Revelation that gives us some hope for believing that America may still serve a very positive purpose for God on the earth during the time even of the Great Tribulation. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that verse in this podcast and explain that so you can see why I'm saying that. And the verse I'm referring to is Revelation chapter 12, verse 14. Let me begin just by reading that verse. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So first, let's just break this verse down a little bit and, and touch some of the main points. So who is the serpent here? Well, Revelation chapter 12 tells us that very specifically. That's in verse 9 of chapter 12, which says, The great dragon of old, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. So that's who the serpent is. And who's the woman here? In the Bible, without going into too many of the verses, the the woman signifies God's people in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the New Testament, of course, the church is the bride of Christ. In the Old Testament, of course, the nation of Israel is also likened to the Lord's bride. 
So the woman here signifies the totality of God's people in both the Old and New Testaments. And she gives birth to this man-child or this male child. And who is that? Well, among God's people in all ages, there has always been a stronger part. The ones who have really stood for the Lord and fought for the Lord on the earth. So what this is saying in a symbol is that among God's people and as a whole, whether it's Israel in the Old Testament or the church in the New Testament, some will be brought forth who follow the Lord in a much more determined way than the rest of the believers. And that's who the man-child is here. And this man-child gets caught up to God into his throne. That's the pre-tribulation rapture of the stronger saints. Most of God's people will remain on the earth during the Great Tribulation. But if some of the saints will be raptured up to heaven prior to the Great Tribulation. And I, I don't have time to get into that whole theory in this podcast, and, but that for sure is worth a lot of consideration because a lot of people have a lot of questions about this. But this is a view that I have been taught, and it was mainly through the ministry of Witness Lee, and it certainly makes a great deal of sense to me. It, it seems to fit the pieces of the puzzle together in the right way. Uh, and if you... Uh, can get a copy of the recovery version of the New Testament, which was the study Bible that uh, Witness Lee did. I encourage you to look up the notes on Revelation 12, and he goes into some of this in more detail. Some of this he does not cover there, but some of it he does. And that was his view, and that certainly makes a lot of sense to me, that the man-child here signifies the stronger part of God's people who are raptured to the throne prior to the Great Tribulation. And as soon as they're raptured, that's when verse 7 tells us, war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was their place found for them in heaven any longer. So as soon as the man-child is raptured, is caught up to the throne, as it says in verse 5, then in verse 7, there's war in heaven. So it seems like it's the rapture of the man-child, of the stronger part of God's children, that triggers that war in heaven, which causes Satan to be cast down to the earth. And at that point, the great tribulation begins. So this is, again, I'm not going to, say too much about a lot of these different points here, but this is the view, um, as I said, that I was taught by Witness Lane. It certainly makes a great deal of sense to me. So that's uh, the serpent, that's the woman, and that's the man-child. But it says about this woman, in verse 14, the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. So the woman here, which signifies most of God's people, is going to fly into the wilderness for a time, times, and half a time. Well, for sure, the time, times, and half a time there, that's a reference to the Great Tribulation, the three and a half years. In verse 6 of chapter 12, that same period of time is referred to as the 1,260 days, which equals the 42 months of the Great Tribulation. So this woman is going to flee for the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. Well, how does she flee, and where does she flee to? It says, she was given two wings of a great eagle. Well, what does the eagle signify? Well, of course, uh, it's not in the Bible, but we know today that the eagle is the national symbol of the United States of America. So this could be speaking about America, and if that's the case, then the two wings of the great eagle could very easily refer to the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. And it says this this woman goes here to this wilderness. And at the time the book of Revelation was written, America surely was a wilderness. And it says, 
There she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So what this could be saying, and you can't be definite about this, but it could be saying that during the Great Tribulation, the United States of America will still serve as a refuge for God's persecuted people, as it always has throughout its history. From the very beginning, with the arrival of the pilgrims and the Puritans, it served as a refuge for God's people. And what this verse may be saying is that that will continue during the Great Tribulation, even at that time. So America won't be the dominant world power at that time, but it will still be strong enough to protect itself and to serve as a refuge for God's persecuted people. Possibly. That could be what this verse is saying. We don't really know. We won't know until it actually happens, until the time of the Great Tribulation. But there's a very plausible understanding of what is being said in this verse. And so, as I say, we should not assume that lawlessness is going to prevail in this country, at least not to the extent that this nation is completely destroyed. America may still maintain the ability to govern itself to the extent that it's able to defend itself even during the Great Tribulation. Now, when some people hear this, they may very well object, and one of the big objections to this view is that it seems like Antichrist will be ruling over the whole earth during the Great Tribulation. Because in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, it tells us that the false prophet, who is the henchman of the Antichrist, is going to force everyone to get the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their right hand. And you can't buy or sell unless you have that mark. So it seems like if that's the case, then he must also be ruling over the United States of America. But even so, that may still not indicate that he's going to rule over the United States of America because sometimes when the Bible makes that kind of a statement, it's focusing mainly on what may be referred to as the prophetic earth rather than to the entire earth. In other words, that area around the Mediterranean Sea that has always been the focus of biblical prophecy. And you see some very clear examples of this in the scripture. In, in uh, Luke chapter 2, uh, it says, uh, it's talking about the decree that went out from Caesar Augustus at the time that Jesus was born. And it says, he gave this decree that all the world should be registered. But of course, it wasn't the entire earth that was registered. It wasn't South America and China. It was that area that was under the rule of the Roman Empire. And yet the Bible says it was all the earth. Because what's in view here is the prophetic earth. And we may, so that may be the same type of thing that Revelation chapter 14, or chapter 13 rather, is talking about when it says everyone has to get this mark. Possibly. Uh, I, I wouldn't be so definite one way or the other to say that, but it's a, it's a possibility. Uh, and also you see another example of this in Daniel chapter 2. And this is even more significant because it's talking about Nebuchadnezzar. And I wouldn't say Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist, but he certainly prefigures the Antichrist. He is the first head of these four empires that are going to rule over the earth until Antichrist finally arises as the last emperor of these four great empires. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar, he made this great image, just like Antichrist is going to have a great image. He's forced people to bow down to it, just like Antichrist is going to force people to bow down to his image. And when uh, they won't worship the image, they're going to be uh, killed. Nebuchadnezzar, of course, threw Daniel's three friends into the furnace of fire because they wouldn't worship his image. And so he's a prefigure, at least, of the Antichrist. And Daniel told him, when he was interpreting his dream, this is in Daniel chapter 2, verse 37, 
You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And verse 38 says, And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So, so from that verse, you would think it's saying Nebuchadnezzar at that time literally ruled over the entire earth. But what we know, of course, in the history of Babylon it referred to that area around the Mediterranean Sea, not to the whole inhabited earth, but to that area of the earth, which has always been the focus of biblical prophecy, namely the, the Mediterranean, Mediterranean area and the area right around it. So from all this, my, my point is, we can't be sure, because I wouldn't definitely say this is what is going to happen. You, you just Sometimes with the details of biblical prophecy, you just can't be that definite. But it certainly is a plausible interpretation of Revelation chapter 12 verse 14 to say that that is a reference to America serving as a refuge for God's people during the great tribulation and if that's the case then it certainly would seem that lawlessness will not triumph in this country before the great tribulation and so we should be encouraged by that and not assume otherwise not assume that lawlessness will prevail we should have hope and just pray and ask the Lord to fulfill his interest in this country, to preserve this country according to his will, even in these dark times. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Christian Faith Radio Hour. For more resources, you can visit thechristianfaith.org, which is my website. If you'd like to receive my e-letter, just click on the subscribe link there and enter your email address. And to connect with us by email, just send us a note at notes at thechristianfaith.org. Until next time, may the Lord keep you in his way for his sake and his glory. In Jesus' name, amen.